Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, the Miniatures Gaming Podcast. So, you know the phrase, the, the early bird gets the worm? Uh, yes, I think a lot of people know that, although maybe young people don't because they're just filled with memes instead. Okay, that's not one of those, there's no Fruit Ninja game that's like trying to slice the worms apart as the bird. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. So the thing is, now that Kill Team 2021 has come out, there have been lots of other skirmish games out before. Mm-hmm. So we decided we should also give those a try. And yeah, one of the ones we've we... been on our radar for a while that we just haven't got around onto the table. Yep, because they're basically the the early birds. So you figure, okay, maybe these have these have caught some of the worms before GW releases Kill Team. Yep. So I mean, Kill Team One died, so presumably all those those birds out there should have been killing worms, Eating. and uh, <laughs> you know, the big nasty birds are was died. So there's a lot yeah. of worms out there for people to go into, and, and I think that's true. I think um, well, there's lots more room for worms. Yes. Wait, a lot lots more room for birds, right? Yeah, because the birds are the games. Yeah, and the and the giant the worms bird. are the players, right? Was- the early birds. So it's like the the early in this analogy, the mm-hmm. early birds are the games that are picking up the players that want to play and eating them. Yep. Up into their ecosystem. So it's actually good to be a worm in this analogy. Uh, you become as one with the game, and you become part of them. So. Unless- Unless yeah. the wrong bird gets you, you know. Well, actually, there's a lot of games that chew you up and then spit you out and then turn you away from all miniature games afterwards. But mostly mm-hmm. they're from the Games Workshop space. Um, so we've talked previously about Stargrave, right? Which is a the uh, uh, Frostgrave in space, which uh, got some shine. And yep. today uh, we, we've mentioned, well, we've mentioned this game before. But we finally got around to playing a, a, a demo game. So we wanted to talk about it more and give you our first impressions about this game that is often talked about. Uh, and that game is One Page Rules. Now yep. this, yeah, this is yeah, a it's... game that uh, is basically free. And it was started by, I believe, some a, a person that, wasn't really fond of the games workshop rules for, I believe it actually started out for 40 K and then he created a, a skirmish version because skirmish, you know, started getting quite hot. Right. And so the original concept is Warhammer 40,000 is way too complicated. Why don't we create like, well, his thinking was, why don't I create like a pared down version so you can just get into playing without having to worry about all these different special rules and all this kind of crazy things. Like I just want to get the models I just painted onto the table and have a fun game with my friends. Yep. And so we didn't play that version because, you know, we're not that big on putting giant armies on the table anymore, but we did play the too old for that shit. Yeah. The sci-fi firefight version. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's it called? Something firefight. Is it grim, oh, I had to, grim I had to future or dark future? Grim, grim. We really grim, should have looked this up. Grim future firefight. Grim. Mm-hmm. In any case, you can find these rules and they're free, which is a huge selling point. Grim dark future 
Firefight. Oh, it's GF Firefight. So it's Grim Dark Future Firefight. Yep. So we played once together, and then I played again this morning. Just, you know, refresh on the rules. Yep. So oh, to go over sort of how it parallels other games out there, it's definitely in the skirmish space because you're playing between mm-hmm. maybe 6 to 12 guys. Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of, the, some of the units can be group where they become larger. But yeah. we didn't use any of those just to keep it simple. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely in the skirmish game space. Yeah. What wasn't so skirmish game about it, though, was the board size it plays on. Which, mm-hmm. to be fair, Infinity plays on the same board size, yeah. which is yeah, a so four it, by. It, it, yeah, I think it's a little bit more old school um, because if you look at all the old skirmish games, they also played on a four by four, right? It's just people had bigger tables back then. There was more space. I, I don't know if that's actually true, but it seems like that relative to like the game players because who who can fit a four by eight table now in your house these days? Right, that's the original size of uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand, and that was a skirmish game. The original, like Road Trader, and even the beginning of Second Edition, I guess, was a skirmish game. So apparently, that's why you know guns have ranges and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so one page rules. Why would you? So what is what is the major selling point? four one-page rules, why you should try it out, and what is like? why do they tell you that you should try it out? So it lets you put, like the good thing about it is it lets you put like the army you want to put on the board, or at least the little mm-hmm. skirmish force you want to put, because it gives you yeah. loads of options for like different, it's all your, it's got your standard sci-fi tropes, which kind of yeah. parallel the GW universe. And more actually. So this mm-hmm. is one of the cool things is that because they're not uh, they're not actually James Workshop, right? I'll, they they basically created armies for every single type of army you would want to play. So there's like you said parallels for every almost every or even more than well every single James Workshop ones you want to play. There's Battle Brothers, which are you know religious zealot uh, power armored warriors, and then they have prime brothers which are even bigger stronger versions of those and little. And then you have uh custodian brothers mm-hmm. which are like super buffed whatever kind of uh, of brothers and all of those parallel things very specific to games workshop models uh but they also have other things like vermin which are rat space rat men which are apparently quite popular um as a, as an aesthetic right which is not there's nothing in games workshop that has that but they they put that in right and i'm sure if you look at it i assume there's going to be a uh samurai uh what do you call them uh samurai light say light sword faction two light sword my monks. assumption i actually didn't look at that months months with light swords uh-huh yeah, light sword uh, faction. I assume there is an army that has that. I didn't check for sure, but I'd be surprised if there wasn't. Uh, 
So that definitely is a selling point, no matter what kind of science fiction models you have, you can kind of like throw them on the table uh, and play them against your other friend, right? Like you don't have to paint up a specific, let's say if, if your friend's into Star Wars Legion, uh, a specific army uh, like in the Legion universe, if you like Space Marines, well, why don't you just throw in on, on Grim Dark Future Firefight and you guys can both use factions, uh, whatever kind of army list matches the most uh, of the aesthetic and throw them throw them down. So I think that goes along with the, the second major pillar is the game is supposed to be easy to play for people who just want to throw down and have fun, right? Yeah, so we're we're experiencing playing different major games. So this one was pretty yep. easy to pick up. I would say we played our first game in about an hour. Uh, yeah. First game in about, uh, yes. Yeah. We took like half an hour like to read the rules. Mm -hmm. And so we, we read the rules briefly before, but not in detail. Uh, so in, in playing, we, we got together, read the rules, built our army list in half an hour and then played the game out in an hour. So, now we're veterans, but like if you're a new player, you could your your first experience might be like, I don't know, really quick, two and a half hours or something like that. You could probably get that done in a hobby shop if you've never played a miniature game before. Yep, I'm not sure how the hobby stores would support it, but they, I guess they can sell anything to you. Okay, you're right. I guess your hobby store. No, oh, well, your hobby store. You know, you still need miniatures, right? So assuming you didn't. 3D print your miniatures and then come to the store just to play, right? Or, or fair, just play it at your friend's place, right? In an afternoon, go over after work, set it up. If you've only ever played board games, like I think this is a great introductory rule set for new players, as long as you don't use their, um, uh, what do you call it? Squad rules. The thing that I was talking about, that you talked about before, how certain, certain units are have five guys. Assuming you both choose um, factions that don't have that, the, the rules are really simple. Like the, the name of the of the rule set is one page rules. The idea is that all your rules are gonna be on uh, one page front and back. So it's a little bit cheaty, but really it's one page. So how much can you complain, right? Yeah, and then the rules um, for the faction are also on one page front and back. And one of those pages is yep. basically fluff. So. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's like really quick to get get down, get to play. It's not super complicated. Um, great introductory rule set. And even though we're veterans, what did you think about the overall strategy of, of, of playing? So I felt like the factions actually had like good flavor to them. Mm -hmm. They played differently. They did feel like they played differently. So that's always a positive thing. You don't want to feel like you're just having a mirror match and just shooting equally across the board. So that yeah, was yeah. a good plus. Each of the individual units within the army felt pretty specialized as well. So you felt like you had good different tools you could bring. To, and different units with real, mm -hmm. real. Yeah, it felt like a real proper game, even though it was simple. It felt like you're actually getting all of those kind of things that you want. Yeah, I think I think in it terms of was, uniqueness. Yeah, I think it was more of a beer and pretzels game than a highly competitive game. Because if you knew what faction you were playing against and you decided to like perfectly tailor your army to fight against, like, say, a high armor faction or say against like a mass or like the other way around faction, you could really just like 
destroy your opponent by taking the perfect army to beat them. So it's got to be there's got to be like an agreement on what you're playing. Because mm-hmm. there's no no fixed tournament system where you've got to pre-make your lists and you don't know who you're playing. So mm-hmm. on that but front, do you it's, not, think it's not meant to be super competitive. That is the same kind of thing with Games Workshop games. And do you feel like the games are relatively like sorry, the, the factions are relatively balanced in one page rules relative to Games Workshop, more or less? Like, well, I are think they more pro- balanced than Games Workshop games or less? I think they're probably more balanced because when I was just just by reading through the points, in reading through uh-huh. the points in GW games, you'll often see things where it's like this is clearly terrible. Or this is clearly just like way better. Yeah. In this, it's like okay, you're what you're paying for extra weapons and what your guys cost versus other guys, all uh-huh. seems to be sort of in a in a reasonable range. And they're on a second edition by this point, so I think they've like taken a bunch of feedback probably and tweaked things. Yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of thing like in a game like kill team or in just the general model of games workshop oftentimes the game is changing so much and when they release a new codex they they want to release i don't know maybe they're just bad at balancing i don't know but but oftentimes they just release brand new kind of things and it feels like they didn't really spend the time to refine and and test it as much as is actually needed and of course, in, in Kill Team, they released their compendium of like 16 armies or something like that. And there's no way they actually play tested this very long because the those thing those armies are not balanced against each other. No, you can you can read them and clearly see that yeah. some things are amazing yeah. to the point costs and some, some yeah, we never want to take. And then when you put that on the table, you're like, oh yeah, it worked out. Like it, it, they are kind of super powerful, yeah. And, and you know, part of the reason is because Kill Team is a brand new game with 16 brand new armies. Of course, you're going to expect them not to be balanced against each other, right? But that is a decision that Games Workshop made to, to do, right? To, to release those 16 armies on release so that people will play them. It's almost like the people that are playing Kill Team right now with the Compendium are playtesting these armies, and and I think a lot like a lot of people said the actual playtested armies are these two factions every three months, right? That they're releasing in their deluxe boxes, and those are like the real balanced armies, right? And then the compendium is just like, yeah, let's let's hope let's hope it works out. Let's still just get the people in who want to see their models on the table, not not worry about mm-hmm. the game being good long term. Yeah. Uh, whereas one page rules, I, I don't know for sure, but like there's a lot of addition changes, right? And balancing and tweaking that seems to be going through those army lists. Yeah. And you can see the army lists, like even the army lists are on a certain version as well. Yeah. So they don't just get left for years. If some, And especially if something goes wrong, yeah. I'm sure they, they take feedback and have incorporated it. Yep. And so that is, is really good. Um, one thing that really helps with that kind of balancing uh, is that the one page rules all of the main rules are free. This is also maybe what we should have left off with in terms of why should you try one page rules? The rules are free. You can go to look up one page rules uh, uh, on Google. It'll come up and the main rules for skirmish fight. Um, so the, the the one with the two pages is free, which is, and then they have a, a more like detailed uh uh, rules book for if you've never played a miniature game before, right? Which I think 16 pages. So it's not like super long either, right? Mm-hmm. But it'll go through the like hand hold you through how to play. 
Um, that's free. All of the army lists that we just talked about, they're all free. You go on the website, you can play this. Uh, and, and so you can try it out, see, see how you like it, right? Uh, and because it's free though, if there's, a, if there's an army that is too strong like Battle Brothers, everything's a PDF, right? So if the Battle Brothers sheet that you downloaded, let's say their, I don't know, their main gun is too strong, then they can tweak that and release that for free online and you get an update immediately, right? Whereas if you're using the old print model, like even some of my favorite games are print, like uh, uh, Frostgrave, uh, it's a lot harder for them to update that book, right? If there's something that is overpowered mm -hmm. because it's printed, they can't just send out a free printed version of the book, which is it's the thing that, that, that you take, right? Yeah, and by the end um, of Frostgrave first edition, there was like several layers of books that would incorporate different rules from each book in order to play yeah. like the ideal version of Frostgrave. So it's- Yeah, be, exactly. Like they had errata books, right? For two, or, I think there were like two. Basically it all came out in, in two different books, but still those are two extra books on top of the main book to modify and in some ways patch the, the main game to make it the ideal version, right? And mm -hmm. they had to basically release a second edition to truly actually have everything more balanced, right? So if everything's online though, easy to get easy to tweak these rules and 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 frostgrave is a little bit better because the base guys are not as uh there's not like a whole bunch of like little guys with a certain number of points where you where they can be broken and, and you build an army for that right it's mostly the spells and in which case all wizards can basic technically get all the spells so there's a lot it's a lot easier to balance those kind of things against each other right but if you're playing an army list game where every army should play different with different armies. And then you're trying to balance all that kind of stuff. That is really hard to do on your first shot, right? And you can see it, especially in Games Workshop stuff. And like we said, Games Workshop is terrible at balancing, but uh, how often they have like day one facts for mm -hmm. their books they've printed. And then oftentimes after they've had a, a, some tournament results, they'll have one month facts, which, which are, they're not just like day one facts often have just typos, but one month in facts or one month in uh, uh, patches will often have balance changes. Yeah. And it's, you have to go search for all these things, which is yeah. always a bit of a nuisance. And it's especially because for, especially big nuisance for newer players because you're not familiar with where they publish all yeah. the resources. Yeah. And so it's weird, like in Kill Team, why the compendium, considering it's supposed to be a stopgap, it seems like uh, it's supposed to be a stopgap, why they didn't put that for free online. Yeah. Which is exactly what One Page Rules does. And I got to tell you, it works and it's great. Yep. All right. So... Oh. Other great things, we, I think we found that building the armies was actually really smooth and easy and you could get, yeah. like you pull your models out, you're like, I kind of want to use these things and you build something for them and it goes really quickly. And yeah. if there's the upgrade abilities are all really simple to understand how you like equip your guys with extra extra war gear. So that was all, all very smooth. Yeah, it was actually surprisingly easy. So you have like 250 points, right? And it seems like a lot of points to calculate. But I believe all the points are in five-point increments, so it's not actually as many decision points as as you would think. Um, and 
you basically uh, every you just you know choose your army guys, and then you they have like a list of different sections of upgrades you can take, and like uh, excuse me, a captain can take upgrade like one upgrade from A, B, and C table, and then you just go to that table and you choose one upgrade from those, and you just kind of go through. Uh, mm -hmm. It was actually really simple, it, and and one of the things that really helps is that the entire army list is on one page, so you're not yeah, constantly so you, flipping back and forth. Yeah, when you've got to tweak one unit for points to give points to another unit, you're not flipping back through the book. You just stay on that page and pick everything you need and adjust yep. right there. Yep. So that was really and of course, cool. if they had an army builder, it would be even easier. But honestly, it was so easy with that one page. You honestly don't need it. Right. So no, the, armies, the armies are small. Yeah. So it's, and you're, as you said, yeah. you're only working with five point increments. So you're not doing very complicated math up to 250. Yeah. So I honestly found this easier to build than building my kill team armies. Yeah. Even though kill team built, army. Yep. Despite the fact that your war gear is limited to a couple points, specific amount of points in kill teams, you think it would be really easy. Yeah. But, and you, you, they say you have to take seven units from this list. Mm -hmm. but i don't even like the list the page that says take seven of these guys right or whatever number right um does not have all the army does not have all the stats of those guys so i have no idea what those guys do so i'm like flicking back and forth right so mm -hmm. saying okay what does this unit do okay and then i flip back to the main page oh, i'll choose this guy and i flip back and it was honestly longer to build a kill team army even though it's supposedly simplified um than it was for one page rules and I understand, you know, like the way that it, the book is laid out, right, is going to be more de decompressed in the Games Workshop game. So even if they did the same kind of point system, it'd be even more complicated in the Games Workshop book. But why couldn't they create just like summary sheets that are similar? Yep. That's... They could probably have done a summary sheet that's two pages maybe for a Games Workshop one, which means that you have, you know, your, your two open pages and you could look, here are my points and here are my rough stats and the details could be in the back of the book, right? You could just have this, the names for the abilities. Yeah, but you don't, you need to look them up to remember, remember you, if you remember what the ability means, you don't need to look them up, but if you need to refresh yourself, you go back into the, the full pages. Yeah, like but the codexes they didn't do that. Before, like codexes would often have the back pages with a summary of all the units. But yep. they just didn't do that for the for kill team. <laughs> they they haven't done that in a long time, I don't think. I I think if you look at any of those the the new codexes, they don't have that, right? I don't know. Maybe they're trying to sell their online army builders and stuff like that. But uh, in terms of just book by the book, like building your army, it's so much easier to do it that way. So. Yeah, you don't you don't want an army builder for kill team either because like you put your army on the board after you get your deployment zone so you don't want to be yeah, sitting there yeah. building an army you just want to throw your guys right on the table yeah so um yeah so i, I thought that was really good mm -hmm. um so we've talked a lot about like building the game why you should get into the game how easy it is how about the actual gameplay though this is the thing like so in your this yeah so in this game, you've well, we'll go back to like the standard GW universe, which everybody's used to, where to make actually get kill someone off the board, you've got to roll the hit, then you've got to roll against their toughness, and then they've got to save. So that's kind of what we got we've gotten used to in a lot of games. 
But then from what we've seen in other games, like Frostgrave, where you just you roll one roll and that result against each other, that resolves the entire thing. Or you go to Infinity, say, where you roll to hit, and then you roll for a save after that. So it's down to two rolls. This game is into the space of having three rolls as well. But because you're not rolling so many dice usually, it goes pretty quickly because you've got to roll to basically hit. Then your opponent, for every hit you make, then rolls to try and make their saves against those. Mm -hmm. And then after that, depending on how many hits you've, or basically wounds you've taken off those hits, it starts getting more and more likely your guy will be killed right off the board versus just sort of knocked down and stunned for the rest of the activation. So that, that part of the guys often being stunned rather than fully taken off, mm-hmm. it seems to work pretty well in a skirmish game because you don't have that many guys on the board. So it makes yeah, an yeah. interesting choice for when you're attacking someone. Do you want to like spend your attacks to either get their whole army inactive by stunning them or do you want to start getting stuff off the board so it doesn't? you don't have to worry and about it the next turn? Them off, yeah. Yeah, and it's quite an interesting kind of mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of the toughness roll, like you basically have the stun kind of thing, and everyone is basically just has the one like the same stun kind of track. But it does give people like when I looked at how deadly the guns were, I was I at first I was like, oh, this this looks like it's going to be a really deadly game. But with mm-hmm. the stunning thing, um, it actually did allow people with a high armor save value to really survive a lot longer than I expected, right? So a good defense value, even though they only have one wound technically, the, the whole stunning thing means you have to basically lose two armor saves for, for you to actually, like in, in one round, to actually die, right? Yeah, I'm not sure it's exactly that, but anyhow. I think if you take another hit from reading it this morning, they mm-hmm. go away. Anyhow. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, but you have to still fa- fail the save. Mm, I don't believe don't so. You? No. The save doesn't work when you're stunned? No. Oh, okay. So, so it's basically if they can overwhelm you. Okay. Then they can finish you off. Okay, fair enough. Well, good that you played that second game, because that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that was really good in general i know like i don't know for some reason people like the 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 40k games are way too deadly in my opinion uh the games that we played like like in a lot of 40k games they might have they might be like a four turn game or whatever or five even a five turn game but oftentimes your game will end on turn three because one side was completely killed and wiped out Mm -hmm. And I felt like in, in this game, it's a little bit more uh, balanced in terms of getting killed and stuff like that and survivability, uh, that you're much less likely to be completely wiped out uh, at the end, of, well, at halfway through the game, right? And yeah. it kind of makes sense because they do have a retreat rule that if you start losing 50% of your guys, you start losing, like people start just running away and retreating. Yep. So. So yeah. we played the base mission, which is basically controlling objectives, where there's basically mm-hmm. three to six objectives randomly placed. Mm-hmm. So there's the other version. There's the two further missions, base missions that they show, which have random objectives that are drawn off of cards. Oh. Yep. Yep. Do you want to so, go through that? Um. 
we didn't play so the base the base version was basically just how it, being able to control the objectives with guys yeah yeah which, I think it was it was quite yeah I, I liked the base mission i thought it was a good base mission and even though there's like three to six six objectives you would i i felt like it would um it would favor the larger favor number larger number guys right mm-hmm. because in kill team we talked about problems of babysitting objectives but you yeah. actually flip the objectives in uh, one page rules in the main mission. So basically mm-hmm. you touch them uh, and then, well, you activate them and then they're controlled by you and the enemy has to come in. Did you, is, is it by the end of the, it's been too long. It's only been a couple of weeks, but uh-huh. <laughs> it's been too long. Is it like at the very end of the round, if you control it, it flips to you. Yep. Yeah. So you don't have to, stand next to it every round like once it's flipped to you it stays flipped to you and then at the end of the game if more of them are flipped to you then you win which allows like like elite armies to basically flip it and then move past it right and continue attacking as opposed to the terrible missions in in a kill team where you have to babysit the objectives which means that uh if you have an elite army of five guys versus your opponent who has 12 guys, you're at a huge disadvantage because you have to have three guys babysitting the objective. They can't move up and fight. Whereas when you're just flipping them, you just flip them one round and then you're, you're back into the fight as long as the enemy can't like get around you. Right. Mm -hmm. The objective is safe. So. Yeah. So in this game though, your standard guys can move six and run 12 but you can't mm-hmm. run right past guys too close. You can't move within more than an inch without entering into combat, yeah. which it works pretty well for stopping guys from, as we said, just running past yours to the objectives. And the only time you can come in is to charge. The one uh-huh. sort of thing I found this game did differently than a lot of others with the melee is that once you're finished uh-huh. fighting in melee, that your uh-huh. models actually disengage if they're still alive afterwards. Yeah, so you can't lock someone in melee. Yeah, which also means though that both models that just went to melee can start getting shot by people from outside, which mm-hmm. most games don't do. And honestly, it seemed to work fine because you don't have so many guys on the board to mow them down with. So, yeah. Yeah. And again, this is like a shooting game. So it makes sense if you get, you know, shooting is strong, right? Mm-hmm. Like a science fiction game, generally guns should be stronger. Right. Although technically if it was a fantasy or like a, a, a historical game it's fine also to bounce up because there's not going to be that many shooting guys either so then it's just the opposite right yes as long as the army building restricts the number of shooting guys you can take then it's fine yeah yeah so so yeah so it seemed to work out pretty well yeah um and kept things relatively simple right there's not the yeah um was there any kind of things that felt like um the game was, like we said, this game is supposed to be simple, right? Simple, easy to get into. And you just, you know, if you're the kind of person that just wanted to paint up a model and throw throw that thing on the table against your friend and have a couple laughs, right? Um, was there any issues that you felt like, oh man, this is a little bit fiddly or complicated or is or why did they do this in, in the main rule set? No, nothing felt fiddly. I think my my biggest beef, I don't know how much more time we have to get into this though, is obviously this is a simple game and we're gamers that lean more towards like deeper war games. And in this game, basically everything is set on the table at the start of the game. Like you can see your opponent's abilities. You can see where all their guys mostly are. 
except you can do some deployment shenanigans, but after like your guy, after the game gets going, you basically know what assets are fighting, which assets and what you're fighting for. So mm -hmm. there's, there's less sort of having anything up your sleeve. There's less trying to manage like resources. Yeah, hidden knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, oh yeah. Hidden knowledge and also resources. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not as much uh, once the game actually gets going. Right. All yeah. those kind of things are calculated beforehand in, in points of guys. So mm -hmm. your buffs that you give your leader will often be have like an aura, which buffs everyone around them, which is, is kind of like a superpower, right? But your ability to keep that buff up is based on not, your leader not dying, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of things, like sometimes they have to activate to actually activate it. But um, I, I kind of uh, agree there's not as much... Um, not as many moving parts once you get on the table, but it's like, I think the game like is, you know, it gets all of the pieces, right? It's just a little mm -hmm. bit, there's just, um, I guess, I guess there is actually movement and stuff like that. So maybe it's just the amount of, of detail and complication in terms of uh, moving parts that you want while you're playing. And like you said, the resources that you can kind of, um, make decision points more than just moving your guys and shooting and, and activation order. Um, yep. It's it's a little bit fun to do, especially for us when we played so many games. And I think the big thing is hidden information, which we've talked about a lot. Like once we started playing um, games with hidden information, i.e. Infinity, uh, and also uh, Frostgrave with the hidden objectives, um, it's very hard to go back to a game, in my opinion, without any of that. Right. It starts to feel flat. It's just like, oh, I can see what's going to happen next turn. Yeah. Yeah. What's happening here? This the excitement can. There's no. It's just there's less tension and less. Like, yeah. You don't get any of the like the gotcha. surprise things, right? The, the the poker kind of face where you're staring down your opponent. And you're like, what do you actually have? What's up your sleeve, right? Um, and you know, it's actually kind of gotten really popular with um, ability cards, right? Like. Uh, Game of Thrones, not Game of Thrones, sort of Song of Ice and Fire has ability cards. Uh, the War Machine Skirmish, which kind of died, but Company of Iron, I think it's called, uh, also had ability cards, which I actually like better than, uh, than their Warcaster kind of spell list in many ways. Um, also had ability cards. So, so these things are like all over the place in, in modern games, right? Yeah, and just in, um, terms in the games of that like, we've designed, we always put a little bit of that stuff in just because it's super fun, right? Yeah. We had in our space game, Secret Weapons, and, and our current one, um, which is a science fiction kind of skirmish, and our fantasy one, we have ability cards, right? Hidden abilities, right? So, uh, yeah, it adds a lot of like next leveling kind of thing that for pretty cheap, right? You don't actually, it's not that complicated of a rule to have these hidden kind of abilities considering yeah. how much they add to the game yeah there's more ways of planning like there's you can just plan more interesting maneuvers when you've got mm. just more going on than just models on the board because having more models on the board just makes the game fiddly and slower but mm. having that second level of resources you're managing just makes it makes it more yeah. interesting and it maps on to like things that people actually would have in a skirmish kind of setting, right? Especially in, in media and action movies and things like that, right? You have special tactics or you have secretly set up, let's say a trap here, right? And something that your opponent didn't know, right? 
And that kind of mechanic is like often a very important part of, let's say our action movie media, right? Or action TV show media where, where it's not just a straight up, you know, Rochambeau, Optimus Prime versus Megatron and they're just punching each other, right? It's, oh, well, I set up secretly gonna, I'm secretly gonna ambush you with, I don't know, the Dinobots or some shit. I don't think it actually matters on the Transformers because I'm not sure how often that happened. <laughs> yeah, but you know, when it does happen, it's epic, so. Yes, exactly. It's so much more epic than if just Optimus Prime shows up and just always pun- punches Megatron better than Megatron's able to punch Optimus Prime. Yeah. So, yep. So uh, that is one thing that I, I, it would be nice if they had. I think they, even in their missions, like like a kill team has secret missions, which is very fun, right? It's the same kind of idea. Yep. Um, but um, the thing that, you know, even though um, One Page Rules has the, the, the changing missions for the advanced, the, the two other advanced missions where like they kind of come up, they're not really hidden. Right. No, you don't know. You don't, you don't know what they are from the beginning of the game because they can revolve. You get them, you get new ones. So you, when you go into the game, you don't know what you're trying to go after, and you're kind of trying. You can try and hide it from your opponent, which is really entertaining. It's like, oh, what is what is he actually trying to do? It's like he's wait and kill team. Yeah, and kill team. They can just think, yeah. oh, are you just being crazy going over here, or yeah. are you really just trying to take the whole game and I have to go come stop you? Yeah, and I think we played a Stargrave, no, Frostgrave mission where I, I was about to, like, kill all your guys who were huddled around one of your, your uh, what one, like, secret objective that I thought was just small, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, why are you clumping all of your guys around this objective, right? And we're playing... Um, why have you taken the treasure to the middle of the table? You're supposed to take it off yes, exactly. What is wrong with you? Exactly. Like, why are these guys just clumped here, right? Uh, and it was, and we're playing for, what's it called? What's, what's the expansion with the hidden objectives? The ulterior motives? Yeah, ulterior motives, right? So in ulterior motives, you place like three or four different little objectives around the, the table, and most of them don't do anything, right? But then some of them will give you extra experience or do things like that, right? So I was like, oh, you must have clumped all these guys here because I had a guy there as well. And I thought you were just clumping them there to like fight. And then suddenly, actually, you moved immediately to like, this one of your objectives and teleported away and i right before i threw a fireball and killed all of them yep and that, so that. it was it just felt great right to have that kind of hidden thing going on mm-hmm. right it's like uh, so turn one and it looked like it made no sense <laughs> it was going pretty badly but until it until it yeah. finally went off yeah and then you teleported off mm-hmm. um so whereas one page rules they don't have any of the hidden information, right? Even yeah. the secret, even the, the random objectives, as soon as you get a random objective, you show it to your opponent, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, because they have this, right? It's obvious that these objectives are supposed to be open and it's like a design choice from one page rules, not to add any secret information, right? Right, some people don't like it, right? Just in our opinion, we love it and it, we think it adds so much to the game, right? It's like you're adding that kind of poker-esque kind of mechanic where you don't know what the guys, you, you, you have to second guess yourself, right? Yep, so we're that, basically saying the game we would create in a similar space, would it, it would be more complicated. Like the level of rules per model would likely be around the same. 
Possibly with simpler weapons, just to keep the actually possibly simpler. Yeah. What did we say? Possibly, we have actually created a game that's simpler. Okay. Right. So we've, you know, we have Blood of Stars. This is a game. I think we've mentioned it before, right? A skirmish game. Maybe we haven't. No, I think we have. <laughs> so, so it's simpler, right? The the every unit guy guy's abilities are simpler but we do have these extra layers of abilities, right? These things like hidden cards and stuff like that, right? Yeah, so I, I think the direct, we personally think that the direction of adding the complexity, mm -hmm. like keeping the same level of complexity so people can pick it up, play quickly, like learn it quickly and play it quickly, but putting the depth of the game somewhere else would make for more interesting gameplay, so. Yeah, so that's, uh, I think, major missing thing i think the one major mechanic thing like i think most of the mechanics are great there's a couple of things that i didn't understand is that so whenever you activate you you activate using four one of four different actions one of the actions is like move and shoot and another action is don't move and shoot so move zero and shoot and i'm like yeah it's called hold but why it, but maybe it we couldn't falls. find any rules where hold is the same. It seemed like the exact same thing as move and shoot, except that you move zero. Yeah, unless it comes up in some of those objective cards where you have to hold and then kill something by shooting. That's the only way I can yeah. see it, it hiding in there. But but it seemed like an extra extraneous rule that you didn't need, right? Mm -hmm. If you just said your move is it's already is move up to six inches and then shoot. Or some of the armies or some of the army lists we didn't read could have had abilities where if you hold and shoot, you gain good shot or something, basically improving the quality of your shooting. It could it could yeah. be in some niche spots. But I feel like if you have special rules, you can just say move zero, then get this ability. If you move zero, you get this ability. I don't know. That was one thing that I didn't understand. And then the other one was, I was the, the group mechanic. There's a lot of rules for how a group of models activates together right, as a unit. Mm -hmm. And considering this is a skirmish game and most armies don't have it, I don't think they needed it. I think they could have removed that rule entirely. Yeah, and the thing is, we intend to include a similar rule, but hopefully how we've arranged it is simpler, so. Yeah, just so that some some armies can have lots more guys on the table. Yeah, yeah. so that part, I, I, like again, because the game is supposed to be simple, that's not, I don't think that is needed for the game. I don't think it adds much to the game, honestly, uh, especially for how much you're paying for it in terms of complexity. Yep. Yep. So um, that's not very many negatives. Um, so I think one we kind of touched on, um, which is kind of not an actual negative in terms of design, but might be a negative for you as a person is, um, we said this game is super simple, easy to go to easy to play when you start up. Uh, is there a problem of it being possibly too simple? Well, yeah, as I said before, I think once, once you figure out how the game goes, just that the game length is fairly short and the guys only activate once. So the amount of like potential maneuvering you can do once I think you figured out how you play the game, I think it might start to feel like it runs on rails for any experienced war gamer. So you don't feel like you're making important decisions. You're just kind of carrying out tasks. You might figure out, you might've figured out the game too quickly. 
right? Yeah. And then the fun is mostly just the beer and pretzels, kind of seeing how things go and possibly you pick up a new yeah. army, right? Because every new army, you're going to have to learn what works and what doesn't, right? Yeah, so if you're not if you're not just jumping from army to army, then and you just have let's say your space marines, and you just want to play your space marines, it might start feeling a little bit more stale. Yeah, if you constantly put new units in, you can switch it up, but mm. but if it's the same one, you might you might get it might become dry a little bit faster than other games. Like every game becomes dry if it's the same thing over and over again, mm. but it's just how long does it take? Yeah, and how much very how much variation can you create or how much Mm-hmm. And the game doesn't create that much variation. So, yeah, and I think one of the major issues is the missions. Uh, mm-hmm. There's only one ma- main mission, even though it's a very good mission. Uh, oh, the other two are 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 there e- easily to use. Yeah, but at the same time, like the variety missions, the 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 second and third mission feel a little bit more random. Yep. And less narrative than the first mission. The first mission, yeah, exactly. It feels very gamey, right? You're picking random things. Why is your your objective suddenly changing, right? So if your first objective is, oh, go to the the end of your enemy's deployment zone, and then your second objective that you pick up, because you're constantly getting new objectives in the second and third one, is, oh, go back to your main, your your deployment zone. And you're like, does this make sense? Like, it's... And I'm worried in that form of the game that having more troops than your opponent would be really beneficial for achieving the objectives. Mm, more beneficial, you're, yeah. You're occupying more space that so you can do, well, you basically have more access to different locations. Yeah, more actions. You have more mm-hmm. actions to touch more things. Yeah, yep. possible. Um, so I feel like I wish they would have had more main missions, just more like relatively balanced missions in the mission pack than just one. Like it's great to have one mission on your one page rules, but if they had like another, I don't know, another page, another one page of other missions, that would have been nice. Well, I think think if you want to support them and buy some of the things they offer, they they sell more missions. So, oh, do they? Oh, okay, that's good. Out there for people. Yeah. So they do. That's the last thing. Uh, is uh, they do have, well, I guess there's two things, right? Um, they do have a Patreon. So ha- like we said, it's free, right? But it's not, you know, th- there's a lot of work that went into this rule system, right? There's, they have their rules and then they have these these updating uh, army lists, right? And all of this is free. And literally we just talked about the skirmish fight version. There's like four other rule sets, one for, for 40k proper, one for fantasy, and one for fantasy skirmish. Right, they're all based around the same rule set, but like modified so you can play that with all army lists. Right, so if you end up playing this and you end up really enjoying it, uh, they do have a Patreon, which is you you can throw them a few bucks, right, just just to show your uh, appreciation. And they do sweeten the deal because their Patreon also gives 3D free, not free, Patreon paid uh, 3D printed designs for if you have a 3D printer, right? Mm-hmm. So you can, if you don't have, let's say, a Sisters of Battle army, I believe they just released a science fiction nuns army. <laughs> I think that's the last time I looked, but I think they're probably on a new one now, right? So, um so they're, you know, it's become kind of a business, right? Where the, these person, they put in a lot of effort and they made a, they're, they're, they're through public funding of the people that play their game. You can, you can throw them bucks however much you think it's worth, which I think is great. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing is, uh, how about you personally? Who do you think, after we talked about it a lot, I think we talked about the fact that it's for, uh, it's great for beginners. Uh, who would you say is the main target for this game? And who would you say uh, are the people that maybe you would avoid this game or not play it that much, right? So what is yeah. the target? Oh, I think it's very, very casual gaming people who just like having model collections mm-hmm. and then playing with beer and pretzel style with their friends. They don't, it's not going to appeal to people who really want to like learn the, the tech behind all the armies. It's not going to, all the people who want to like min, not, I, w- I would, don't want to refer to it as min max, but they Are really min max. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of min max. Basically, if you want to do that, it's probably not the game that you should be trying to like fiddle with it, fiddle with in that way. It's just, I think it's just for people who have model collections that don't fit into any specific location and they just want to play some games with their friends casually. Yeah. I would say not just that. I'd say if you play games, workshop games, skirmish, and you want a simple game that you can just throw on your newly painted stuff. So if you're a primarily like a hobby gamer, um, as in like it's the entire hobby and maybe even more focused on the models and getting them on the table and having them fight and create a narrative while they fight. I think this game is great for you, right? As well, if you're a beginner into the hobby and you're just trying to tip your dough in, I think this game is right up your alley. It's a great intro game uh, and you can play it fast. You can get multiple games in. I believe there's also a campaign rule set which is like it's not super complicated but it's enough to kind of feel like your army is, is growing and getting better um so to me this is the kind of person you'd want to go to to go and play this game um but if you are a more deeper strategy gamer as in one of the re- main reasons you play is for getting strategy on the tabletop right and feeling like learning how to outsmart your opponent uh like you said, this is more of a beer and pretzels game, right? Uh, even though the game is technically more balanced than Games Workshop games, there's a lot of like cunning, cunning strategy you could do in Games Workshop games that you might feel uh, rewards you more, right? We did say that Kill Team is a lot more complicated game. And because there's a lot of complicated corners, you can kind of feel like you're learning, getting better at the game. Uh, whereas One Page Rules feels a lot more you you kind of more peak at how you play your army a lot faster. Yeah. Uh, and it's not that there's no strategy. It's just that the depth of strategy is a lot lower, right? Yeah, there's just less variety of what you can do. So there's less depth of strategy, which is Which is good fine, for some right? People. Like, I know a lot of people find Infinity, which is, you know, one of our favorite games, which is super deep strategy, almost like the deepest in terms of gameplay on the tabletop that I've played that I basically played for a skirmish game. Um, a lot of people find it too deep, right? A yeah, lot of a lot these of workshop people. players are like, this game is too complicated and it requires too much strategy on the tabletop. I just want like to throw dice on, on, on the table and, and shoot, right? But even if they only play Infinity for an hour and a half and they're not like experienced and they're not the type of person who's probably gonna be into it, they're like, my head hurts after an hour and a half. I can't play another game. Yeah, so. So, you know, like, it's totally understandable, 
right? And for if, if Infinity is too complicated, way too complicated of game for you, mm-hmm. then try Games Workshop games. If even if you're like, oh, I, I don't even want to use this much strategy, then try uh, one page rules. I think it's great. And of course, it's still a strategy, right? I'm just saying like the level, right? I'd mm-hmm. say Games Workshop games are generally in between one page rules is, is on the simpler side. And I think um, Infinity is on the top side. So yeah, and honestly, I think the number of people that are like this are huge. And I think a lot of the people that play Games Workshop games actually would prefer one-page rules, honestly. Because a lot of the people that play Games Workshop games, it's the hobby that, that they care about. The models, the miniatures, they want to feel like they're the, the put their models on the table so they can just have some fun with the, the, the guy, new guys they painted. That's a huge, probably the majority of people honestly yeah and and the new restricted army lists that kill team wants that i guess they figure will make it more of a competitive game mm-hmm. will push those players away because now you're doing you're building the army army gw wants you to build not so much the army you want to build so yeah and i feel exactly whereas one page rules allows you a lot more customization mm-hmm. so i feel like i don't know i feel like most people should be playing one page rules as opposed to uh, games workshop that said would you rather play okay we obviously would play infinity more because you know that we already mentioned that the models are but the models are amazing and and the strategy is deep but would you rather play one page rules or kill team i would rather play kill team and for two main reasons Mm -hmm. one is just the fact that there is some hidden actions possible like Mm -hmm. some hidden motive for how you score yeah, points. Yeah, hidden game. secondary objectives. Yeah, and they're actually worth quite a few points. And number two is the board size. They're playing this, yes. this style of game on this big of a board just doesn't feel right to me. That is so, true. I, the board size is maybe the, the biggest thing that I don't like about oh, I, that one-page rules. Because you have to play on something similar to actually get because all of the rules are balanced around a four by four table, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't shrink it down as easily. I think you could probably shrink it down to a four by three and it would work fine, right? Playing it like wide, right? So the three, you're closer because they have 12 inch deployment zones and you can just shrink that to six inches and it's probably not gonna take much out of the game, but that's the minimum, right? You can't shrink it down to a three by three. It's not gonna work. No, the armies are built like you pay a lot of points to get more range on your weapons in one page rules. So yeah. if, if you so, put away the space on the board, those guys who you paid all those points for don't make any sense anymore. Yeah. So in some ways, three by four is probably fine. That means that you could probably play it on your kitchen table. But if you were to go to, uh, like if you have a smaller table, let's say you have your patio, you know, now we're, we're in the middle of COVID. So a lot of people are playing, outside and a lot of people i play outside uh-huh. uh and just setting up a four by four is so much more painful right than a three by three and that made it harder to play right whereas kill team super easy 22 by 30 that's brilliant and so yeah, and, i agree the amount of the amount of training you need to fill the board to have a good board is totally it's very viable you can have really nice terrain and kill team whereas in this game you've got to like put a lot of time and a lot a of material lot terrain building up the board that's true actually the terrain thing we didn't really mention that much but it's true like four by fours is just harder to play right Mm -hmm. and and the amount of terrain and everything that you need to put on the on the table so i agree kill team those are two huge things 
the 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 hidden objectives for me like like uh is not as big of a deal so mm -hmm. if it were just by the main rules because i already play super complicated games i actually like beer and pretzel games outside of that mm -hmm. um i would have probably preferred one page rules but you're right the size of setting up the table probably means uh that if the three by four like we haven't tried three by four right but if if that doesn't really work uh i would probably end up playing kill team more <laughs> just because of the setup of the tables just kind of funny yep all right uh so that is our breakdown of one page rules uh i think the rule sets are great i think if you have your four by four table and you or your three by four table uh set up i think i would thoroughly recommend you at least try one page rules and i think uh if you're the majority of people you probably uh end up liking it a lot um if yeah. you have yeah yeah if you consider yourself a casual gamer and you don't intend to like pour yeah. loads of time into like learning all the stats and like learning all the tech behind every armies then this is probably like right down your alley yeah, if you're a hobbyist first and a gamer, mm -hmm. like, and a war gamer second, right, then I'd say definitely pick this up or try it out. Uh, and if you're a hobbyist, then you, you'll probably be more likely to have a full 4x4 table <laughs> of terrain set up because that's part of the hobby. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is right up your alley. Um, yeah, so that is our uh, review of uh, our, I guess, first impressions of one-page rules. Uh, if you have any thoughts about one-page rules, uh, uh, specifically, I guess, the one we talked about was Grim Dark Future Firefight, uh, give us a shout. You can find us at Dice Over Everything uh, on Facebook, or you can uh, contact us by email at contact at diceovereverything.com. Yeah, we'd like to know what you you thought of the game or if there's any other sci-fi skirmish games we should add to the list to try to to see yeah. what we how you would create the perfect sci-fi skirmish game yeah and then not we the, will take the, the best exists. dna and shove that into our game exactly yeah to achieve its final our, yes uh not not biased at all uh all right uh this has been alan it's been brandon Bye.